0: The year was 1994, and a film was released that had been ready for release since 1991, but due to the ongoing fiscal troubles of Orion Pictures, it uh, was shelved for three years. Many people believe it still should have been shelved up until this year of 2019. One of those people who disagrees with that theory is our own Philip Bardak. He has selected the film Clifford, starring Martin Short <laughs> and Charles Grodin, to play as part of our series. What a dignified intro. So for episode 51, I'm going to hand it over to Phil as he defends his terrible decision to show us Clifford. There's a movie you never see. The map of some ninjas or a crazy death machine. There we smiles there'll be tears you won't watch a movie for about eight billion years it's time for death by video time for death by video and now the show will begin
1: all right i am phil of death by video fame
0: I'm Kit. And I am always Graham.
1: All right. So, uh, I guess a good way to introduce Clifford is you might have two questions in mind. You might think, okay, um, Martin Short, 40 at the time, playing a 10-year-old, this movie was not written with Martin Short in mind. No. You would be wrong.
2: Oh. It it sounds more like a Robin Williams thing, really, but...
1: Also, you will notice in the opening credits, uh, a couple writers with the names of J.D. Rock and Bobby Von Hayes. You might think to yourself, these are not real names. Are they? These might be pseudonyms. And you'd be correct in thinking that they are pseudonyms.
0: Who are the real writers then?
1: Bobby Von Hayes is Stephen Kampman, who uh, came to fame as a uh, writer on WKRP Cincinnati.
0: One of my favorite sitcoms of all time.
1: And uh, a member of the Second City Troupe. Mm -hmm. He came to Martin Shorts, him and his writing partner, J.D. Rock, aka William Porter. I know that name. Has he worked on anything else? Well, together, they uh, they worked on the screenplay for Back to School.
0: Okay, I think that's where I've I've, I've probably seen their names. as yeah. like maybe they had a story by credit or a additional writing by Something credit. Something like yeah. that,
1: because mm-hmm. quite a few writers worked on that.
0: Yeah, that was a, a smorgasbord of uh, oh, yeah. writers.
2: And they also, Back to School, is that the Rodney Dangerfield thing? Yep. Yes,
0: it was, yep.
1: yep. Uh, they also worked on uh, the Jodie Foster movie, Stealing Home.
2: I don't recall that one. I do remember that one, yeah, that was... Sort of about baseball, right? Yes, it was. Yeah, but not really. It was not really romance.
1: I saw it on TV years ago, and another movie they had worked on, uh, the Couch Trip, with Walter Matthau, Dan Aykroyd. It was also an Orion film, and Charles Grodin.
0: Okay, so is that the connection that led to Charles Grodin being in Clifford?
1: That's what I think. I there's very little research. There's, yeah, I know it's hard to find with, information, but I have a hunch that that's the case. Mm-hmm. But it's Clifford is very much a uh, second city uh, product. Yeah,
0: I kind of I kind of had a feeling. I, like I saw it a long time ago, and I kind of remember seeing a lot of people that I knew from other things, but not really mm-hmm. well. So I figured it was like uh, full of alumni from either some season of Saturday Night Live or some uh, well-known comedy troupe.
1: Yeah, uh, the director of the movie Paul Flaherty. Not really a director; he's mainly a behind-the-scenes guy. Related
0: to Joe Flaherty? Yes, Joe Flaherty's brother. Nice. So it's a Canadian director. Yes. Um, so that's our shame.
1: Yes. Well, uh, so he's best. You he say one of the main writers on
0: SCTV. Okay.
1: And uh, Clifford is his third and last feature film to date. <laughs> <laughs> I'm
0: not surprised. So
1: uh, Paul Flaherty's previous direct feature film credits are. Uh, the least popular of the body swap comedies from 87 to 88 18 again with George Burns oh
0: that one yeah I don't remember that one yeah but. cause that was that followed up on uh big no not big what was the one with Fred Savage uh like, vice versa uh, vice versa vice versa yeah and was, Yeah, so there was, was like father like son yeah uh with uh,
1: I think that had Kirk Cameron and Dudley Moore
0: yeah, Kirk Cameron and Dudley Moore. That's right. Yeah, vice versa, and then eighteen again. Was there another one, or am I drawing a blank? Oh,
1: big came out shortly after that, but it's still big is not quite the same. I know it's the other three are like
0: the Freaky Friday, more yeah. the body swap
1: comedies. Mm-hmm. And vice versa had Judge but with Reinhold man this time. God yes. Damn it, <laughs> Judge
2: Reinhold is the villain if I'm not uh, mistaken, or am I? V-
1: no, vice v- vice versa. Judge Reinhold's the, the dad, vice Savage's dad.
2: Oh, I'm mm-hmm. yeah. Okay, I'm still thinking of. Uh, ghost
1: (laughs) (laughs) Uh, Paul Farty's second movie was the John Candy movie Who's Harry Crumb I've often
2: wondered if that's an underrated film I remember seeing it as a kid Mm -hmm. I remember like my mom thought it was trash I don't remember much about it
1: I thought I'd seen this movie, so I looked up YouTube clips. There's a particularly problematic clip where John Candy's in disguise in brown face and wearing a turban.
0: Ah, uh, that's why we've all forgotten about it. I think Who's Harry Crumb actually just got recently released this, uh, through Mill Street, uh, Mill Creek. I remember Sorry. it very well, though. But, I, uh, I mean,
2: not seeing it, I just remember it existing, yeah, is what I, I want to say. Yeah,
0: I, I saw it on TBS at some point. Uh, there was a recent Blu-ray release of it a couple weeks ago uh, through Mill Creek Entertainment as part of their VHS throwback series, which also included the film's Hard Bodies and the Chuck Norris film Silent Rage, which we will do on the podcast at some point. Nice. I do, do want to see that we've one. We've done no Chuck Norris, no Charles Bronson yet. You have actually given me a DVD with both
2: Charles Bronson and Chuck Norris on I have, it. have, yeah. We'll have to at least watch one of those films.
0: Okay. <laughs> I'm not your, sure which one. Back to your research on Clifford. Yeah, so uh, in the
1: wake of Clifford Paul Flaherty, he kept it in the Second City family. He was a co-creator along with Eugene Levy on Brother Joe Flaherty's
0: Maniac Mansion. Nice. Okay. That's, that's I'll, give him, I'll give him props Attracts. for that. Yeah. Mm-hmm.
1: Uh, he was a writer on Muppets Tonight.
0: Nice. Uh, well, no, sorry. I remember that. That was the short-lived ABC revival series in yes, the late 90s. In the 90s. Yeah, I remember there was an episode with Sandra Bullock where they had to keep the ratings above, like, 5.0 or else the building would explode. <laughs> yeah, it was a one-season wonder. Yeah.
1: Uh, Paul Flaherty also wrote
0: for the Martin Short Show. Yeah, I remember the short-lived Martin short show. I think it was, like, 96, hmm. 95-ish. Something like that, yeah. Mm-hmm. Was that his attempt at a talk show, or was it just another no, variety? That was, I think that was, like, like before, a Dana Carvey-esque. Because he had, I think, because he had a, um, like, a comedy show, and then he also had a talk show, because I remember the rock band, Roo Lit played on his talk show.
1: The Jim Primetime Glick?
0: No, another one. He had a Martin, he had a talk show, like, In the Wake of the Rosie O'Donnell. Okay. Show, like, in ninety. Ninety-eight, ninety-nine, maybe 2000, because I remember the rock band Lit played their song uh, single My, Ziploc Bag. Oh, right. Yep.
2: Who's this rock what band? It, they, they're, L.I.T. They were
1: mostly a one-hit wonder, My Own
0: Worst Enemy. Uh, if you
1: were listening to 102.1 The Edge, circa 98, 99, mm-hmm. you would know the song very well.
0: It was also on heavy rotation on uh, Much, much music. music. They also had, yeah, so it was um, My Own Worst Enemy, Ziploc Bag, Over My Head, which was from the Titan A.E. soundtrack, and, uh, You Make Me Completely Miserable, which was the video starring a giant Pamela Anderson, which at the end, she actually ate the band.
1: That's right.
2: Oh, big lit head over here. I had yeah. no idea.
1: We've
0: discussed this before. Everything I just have
2: a,
1: ter- <laughs> I have, a I have a good memory for terrible stuff. There was... Speaking of terrible, there was an Everything is Terrible video of, uh, Way Over the Hill wit. uh scolding the crowd for not getting hyped up they are playing some tiny festival and there are maybe like 10-12 people in the That's audience oh so hard
0: they were because they were they seemed like they by the time their second album came out they already seemed like they had been like a one hit wonder for 10 oh, years yeah. like they they you know wore bowling shirts and bowling shoes and it's greased back hair like they are the de- sparrow tattoos they are the definition of 1999
1: and frosted tips and
0: I don't think they had frosted tips though I think that they were like the one band that broke that mold no, maybe the guitar player had, like, long I tips. feel like at least
1: one of them had probably, Probably, tips. yeah. And then the, just the janky tattoos you would expect from a film yeah.
0: like that. So back to Clifford, Phil.
1: Oh, yeah. I was also gonna close off, um, Paul Flaherty also, uh, was a writer on Primetime Glick. Not surprised. Close relationship with Martin Short. Mm-hmm. So, uh,
0: Clifford was made on a 19 million dollar budget. Oh, God! It's 19 million dollars that they never saw again.
1: Yeah, it uh, pulled in a uh, 7.4 million at the box office by the end of that's It's actually run.
0: better than I was saying. I thought for sure it was like a 3.4 million like or 2.1 million. 2.1 like,
1: million was roughly its opening weekend. Uh, it that's had some competition for, against Major League 2 that yeah, weekend.
0: Ooh, Major League 2, that classic cinema.
1: Yes. Yeah, Clifford opened on April Fools Day 1994. Great.
0: <laughs> Well, the joke was clearly on the audience yes. on that day.
1: And um, in a retrospective uh, review, uh, as part of uh, Nathan Rabin's My Year Flop" series on AV Club, mm-hmm. at the end of all of his reviews, he would label uh, the movies he would review as a failure, a fiasco, or a secret success. Oh, I remember that one, yeah. Yeah, so um, it was a fun series. Yeah, I miss it. Back in the heyday of the AV Club before mm-hmm. they were...
0: They're, they're still they're okay. by the Dissolve. Yeah. Oh, the, you mean the Dissolve poached all their good writers? Poached yeah. all their good writers, yeah. And then the Dissolve fell apart. I thought I thought AV
2: Club got rid of all their
0: good writers. and That, that might have been it. They yeah. just went to the Dissolve. They were I like, you guys are too old. We need some young uh, Oh, back when they were doing their video, when they introduced their video portions, and then they video, like, look,
2: Pivot to video. And uh, all of a sudden it's like, why uh, are these 40-year-olds
0: re- reviewing movies? So that's how Dissolve
2: got created. Because mm-hmm. all those 40-year-olds were like, okay, we don't need you.
0: Yeah. I miss the Dissolve. Me too. When I was going through all the all the uh, Plan Nine information, I was like, "Man, this was a good website," but I think it's kind of mi- some of it's migrated to the Ringer at this point. But to cap it off, Philly, were you were going to say?
1: Yeah. So uh, Nathan Rubin, uh, he came up with his own category for Clifford. Mm-hmm. He labeled it a secret fiasco cess. Nice. And uh, I'm just going to cap off the introduction to Clifford with uh, the closing uh, two sentences of Ebert's 0.5 uh, star review of <laughs> Clifford. So,
0: so a half star.
1: Half star out of four.
0: Not a zero, so that's something. Yep. Yeah. He's given zeros before, so. Oh, yeah.
1: <laughs> to North. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. Um. The movie is so odd. It's almost worth seeing just because we'll never see anything like it again.
0: It's nice. been
1: 25 years and that still holds. Uh, but uh, the following sentence is, I hope. <laughs> <laughs> but and honestly, we never will see anything like Clifford. You cannot make another Clifford no matter how hard you try. No,
0: it's like, I kind of compare it to, what was that, uh, that movie uh, based on a book by Mordecai Richler, Slapstick of Another Kind, the one where... That was which, Kurt
1: Vonnegut. Yeah, so. sorry,
0: Kurt Vonnegut. Um, with, uh, what's his face? Jerry Lewis, uh, and someone playing like a pair of deformed twins who are, have mental powers or something. It's, it's one of those movies, like, it's, it's famous from the 80s as being like, a, what the hell were they thinking? Cause it was a Kurt Vonnegut adaptation. Uh, anytime someone attempts to review it, they're always just like, what were you thinking? Why did you do this? And that's how I feel about Clifford. Um, but I just want to look up, before we get into it, some two very specific IMDb reviews, which I did not write down, so I'm talking and scrolling at the same time to try and find Are we going to check in on those after the film? I, I don't want you to spoil okay, right, it for all right. me. All we'll wait, we'll wait. So, uh, just before we get into the film, uh, have we seen anything interesting since we last recorded? Anything uh, yes. that, any big standouts?
1: I uh, I rewatched Unforgiven. I haven't seen that since childhood. Ooh, I was just
0: thinking
2: about rewatching that, actually, last night. Um, how did it hold up?
1: It, i'm surprised how much of the movie i remember
2: yeah That's that was a, an old morgan freeman's heyday too oh yeah, yeah. like in every film mm-hmm.
1: i don't love it as much as a lot of people do but i mm-hmm. still it's like one it of the few bit. clint eastwood directed movies i am fond of mm-hmm.
0: yeah it's it's uh it's it's pretty it's decent um
1: i rewatched christine the john carpenter killer car nice movie.
0: i'm a big fan of that film <laughs> me too uh no I've never seen it though.
1: No. probably my favorite John Carpenter score as well yeah it's
0: a it's a great score
1: um a really good fun uh trash rewatch I caught a uh, fear the Mark Wahlberg Reese Witherspoon movie
0: oh yeah yeah I remember that movie that is with a, a very living dead 90s with teenagers, movie. yeah.
1: It's got a very straw dogs esque climax yeah. as well.
0: Carrie Elways is the dad, I believe. No, William L. Peterson. Oh, right, sorry, I got it wrong. From uh Manhunter and to uh live and die LA, LA, and my CSI
1: theories. whatever.
0: It, it just CSI he was in the original one. Oh, okay. Yeah. Hmm.
1: I uh, first time watch. I watched Upgrade, which was a fun watch.
0: How was that? Was Lee Winnell, who just got announced, I think yesterday, as the director of the new Invisible Man film? Because mm-hmm. Universal uh, smartly decided after 2017's Tom Cruise Stinker, the Mummy, to not go ahead with their dark universe. Uh, was a shared universe of monster movies and instead farm them out to Blumhouse to do. So I'm very Mm. excited to see what he does with the Invisible Man. I, over the Halloween season last year, watched the original Invisible Man from the 30s. It was great. I hope he keeps the same crazy energy.
1: It is a very, very Black Mirror-esque upgrade. Yeah. Yeah. uh, But just like Black Mirror, but as an action movie, But, but like the way it presents technology is and its ending is very of the Black Mirror ilk. Cool.
2: Did you guys watch that
1: Bandersnatch thing? I've not watched it. No.
2: I I did. Did you win? I, I don't know if you win or lose. I mean, I think the, the, the point to me is just to try to find as many endings as you can. Uh, it's neat. It's yeah. obviously a gimmick. Uh,
0: but I think it's fun. Now being sued by the Choose Your Own Adventure people. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> I love it. They even used Choose Your Own Adventure in the marketing. And then never bothered to see, like, hey, does anyone own the copyright to that? <laughs> and somewhere Oops. in Wisconsin a man who's furiously writing young adult novels is like I do yeah those those books are still in uh, the indigo
2: system for example oh yeah the, uh, retro covers and everything I mm, want to nice. order one yeah I used to have a dozen of those when I was mm-hmm. a kid
1: I watched finally got to see cold war uh, I saw that at the light box I, I really love like that, that film name.
0: to death fingers crossed uh mm-hmm. Powell Palawski. Palawaski. Pavlikovsky. Pavlikovsky. He's got a director nomination, right? Yep, he, he's nominated for Best Director. I actually hope he takes it. I think, because the thing is, he tells a big epic story in 90 minutes. Yeah, which he's
1: big on the spare narratives. Yeah, All like... his movies are under 90 minutes. And speaking of spare movies, I also watched The Slumber Party Massacre.
0: Nice. Okay. Did you, <laughs> were, you, were you here <laughs> for that, Kit, when we watched Slumber Party Massacre at my no, place? No, I missed it. It's quite good. It's a really good film. Roger Corman produced... Um, not as sleazy as you would expect.
1: Written and directed by women. Oh, cool! Yeah, that was the whole thing. That.
0: It was it was meant to be. The script was written by I forget the the writer's name, but she was a noted Rita F- Mae Brown. She was noted feminist writer, and she wrote it as a parody of the slasher film. And it was like eighty two, so it was very early. Eighty two, yeah, it was two very years early. Poor
1: body double. Uh,
0: and the weird thing is, eighty two. That like that's that's like the the ground zero the for slasher Josh films. For, yeah, because like in eighty. There, there was Friday the 13th and 81, not too many. Then 82 is when all the knockoffs came out. Yeah. And um, it was ahead of the curve. I'd, I'd still put it up there as like one of my favorite 80s horror films, hmm. which is a long list, unfortunately.
1: And after Summer Party Massacre, Rita Mae Brown uh, pup wrote uh, mystery novels featuring a talking cat and her cat is listed as a co-author of all those mysteries.
0: <laughs> all right. Anything else, Phil?
1: uh that is all that is good
0: <laughs> okay kit what have you seen recently that you uh it
2: springs to mind man i only saw one film this uh this week i only had time what was season that film? one it was a rewatch uh rewatched hot fuzz yes that is a good rewatch which which you know what i'm seeing it my third or fourth time now i'm not sure how many times i've seen it but i'm, I'm willing to say i think it's the best of the so-called cornetto trilogy i agree yeah um i used to think that was Shaun of the dead
0: and i used to not mm-hmm. care for hot fuzz that much but it's just rampacked with so many jokes so yeah now I love hot good fuzz. humor so good. Like, and just like turns a phrase like check out his arse then it became check out his horse <laughs> it's, it's a very clever movie things come back like the, the term the greater good I can never hear it without thinking of the, great the greater good.
1: good I've only seen Hot Fuzz once I saw it at the old boor yeah. and I was really taken aback by it because I just assumed it was an action movie parody but no it's
0: yeah it's much more
1: much much more mm-hmm it's almost more of a horror parody. Well, it's
0: interesting because Edgar Wright, um, on a lot of the supplemental features, discussed it, saying like he kind of missed the old thing which you don't really see anymore of. Because of, there used to be a lot of films that were cop versus serial killer. Mm-hmm. So, for instance, the Chuck Norris film Silent Rage, which gets a little shout-out in the movie. There's like a cover of a DVD or something. Um, yeah, 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 and, and for it, justice is there too. Yeah, they the the whole thing is like it, you know it was you know cop versus serial killer, so there were horror elements in that, but then the action element came in the cop chasing him down, which is also kind of like the Charles Bronson film Ten Minutes to Midnight, which features Charles Bronson versus a criminal who. I hear that's a wild film. It's a, it's <laughs> nuts. If like, I'm, that might be a future watch, but it's insane. Like the thing is, the killer in it. He kills people naked so that he leaves no trace. I mean, that's not that's smart. I and guess. then Charles Bronson chases him down the street with his gun, and the guy's naked running away. And Charles <laughs> Bronson's like, "Stop you per!" Or no, it's you know, <laughs> Charles Bronson would be like, "Stop you pervert." Yeah. <laughs> yeah, I had a
1: coworker. He refused to spoil it for me. He was like, "There's the Point Break homage. You've got to watch. I will not spoil it for you. Just wait for it." And oh, I love it because that's a joke. That's not a setup. Yeah. yeah.
0: Have you ever shot a gun into the, into the air while going, ah! No, I have not shot a gun at, uh, uh, up into the air whilst I, going, ah! I like that like, he asks him, like, have you ever
2: shot two guns whilst jumping in the air? And he's like, no, I've never done that. You ever shot one gun whilst jumping in the air? It's
0: like, you started with two? <laughs> yeah. um, it's so So good. that's all I
2: watch. But just out of curiosity, before Graham starts on his list... My,
0: again, we're, keep, we're, we're changing things up. We're only doing, like, one or two maybe three I,
2: I feel mm-hmm. our duty as a movie podcast is to comment yes. on the Oscar nominations a little bit oh
0: yeah it, it you guys came have any thoughts um should we do an Oscar episode where we watch it live and then I upload we it could do that yeah yeah do you want to do that yeah let's do okay, it we'll just save it for that
1: yeah death by Oscars
0: yeah cuz I, yeah. I
2: have thoughts I mean it's interesting I nominations think... Black Panther I don't.
0: yeah well everyone forgets everyone makes a big deal about Black Panther the first super I'm like the Avengers was nominated for Best Picture Everyone forgets it. Yeah. Was it? Yeah, it was. I Avengers don't was nominated for that. Best Picture. Yeah. Everyone forgets it. It was like, it was one of those, like, we need a tenth. Like, because that's when they said, like, we're having ten pictures now for Best Picture. Well,
2: that picture. was all started because The Dark Knight, Dark Knight didn't didn't get nominated get and, and everybody was upset about that. Justifiably so. Because yeah. I think The Dark Knight had gravitas that these films don't
0: have, I would argue. Yeah. I think people really like Black Panther, though. Black it was just a, it was a good Marvel movie. Yeah, Black Panther made more money than Dark Knight, which little, are, little which no average like, on, the, uh, on the Marvel out. movie scale. Yeah, it's no Infinity War. Yeah. Which is quite good. Um but yeah, no, we'll we'll uh we'll do like, I'm I'm happy that my man uh, Powell 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 Pavloski war director. Last year I mm-hmm. put out my Oscar predictions.
2: I yeah. was right on 100% of them. Oh wow. That's amazing. And the year before that, I also predicted Moonlight as the winner. And it And it did. Was,
1: <laughs> yeah. Even though I thought I was wrong. <laughs> yeah. yeah I, I'm sure you were terrified for a moment. It's like, no, not La La
0: Land. Oh. They're going to take my fingers. Oh, good. <laughs> yeah. Now we'll, we'll discuss the Oscars.
2: Okay, when is okay. it this year it's like in a couple weeks In a couple weeks they've got no host it's gonna be a shit show
0: it's gonna be, <laughs> be fine
2: they don't even want to do like the like the some of the good things about the oscar telecast where like oh we're gonna perform the the music they don't even want to do that anymore it's just gonna be talking people and the president coming out to say something about the, fucking the time's Lord. up or something do you i don't, don't have to curse no but i'm tired and <laughs> okay. they just come out of my mouth sometimes all right it's more work for me
1: yeah, just keep it short. You're in, and you're out. All right. Like, yeah. You, nobody wants to sit through these musical numbers. Here are the awards. Good night. The
0: original Oscars, the first one, was less than half an hour long. So I was just like, you win this, you win that, you win this, you win that. Goodbye. It was done on radio, right? It wasn't even broadcast. Okay. Yeah, it was a private dinner in a hotel yeah well you understand why they want to create a little tension and i know and I, I like it i like i like here's the thing i like the oscars when everyone turns their nose about it i'm like oh it's i fun. still want to watch it it's fun like none of the movies like none of my favorites from this year are nominated for anything uh no cold war is what am i talking about of course cold war is but like i'm like how could you not have um no n- n- embodied, no but no mandy no mandy oh no there was a big debate about the score because the score got released it was because the film was released on VOD the day before it hit theaters, so therefore the score is inel- ineligible. I do think Tom York deserved He made the shortlist. I oh, think he deserved a nom for Suspiria. I do not. Well, if you actually saw Suspiria and saw his, his songs used. the song itself. I've never no, seen no, no. a movie, but it's the song within, is great. It's got to be within the context of the film. In the film, when you're like, oh, this is an interesting scene, and then all of a sudden you hear Tom York just creeping. It's so
1: hard.
0: You're like, <laughs> shut up, Tom York. I'm trying to watch a movie. That's that's unfortunate. But the song itself
2: is, is one of my favorites of the year. So I was a little disappointed, but glad to see that the uh, Buster
0: Scruggs song. Uh, yeah. I think that was, that was a good one. Yeah. I like so. that song. Um,. Anyway, yeah, yes.
1: Ethan Hawke and uh, Cedric the Entertainer getting snubbed for First Reformed.
0: Yeah,
2: I have to agree with that. Well, especially uh, Ethan Hawke. But I haven't seen it, so I can't. I think not Cedric comment, did a good performance. I didn't see it as a as a necessarily a best supporting actor performance, but uh, Ethan Hawke was he knocked it out of the park. Yeah, you're never gonna get a better Ethan Hawke performance.
1: No, and he, there are a lot of great Ethan Hawke performances, but that one especially. Mm-hmm.
2: Um,
1: and it would have been nice to see uh, L.C. Fisher get a uh, best screenplay mode, Yeah. Now, yeah. Yeah. It would be nice to see Elsie Fisher. It would have been nice to see Elsie Fisher get Best Actress nod, but she didn't for Eighth Grade.
0: Oh, true. I don't think enough people saw Eighth Grade uh, in the Oscar pool. Like it's, oh, it's one of those hmm. things too, where it's like I kind of feel that like now since Harvey Weinstein's out of the game of hmm. promoting Oscars, it's gonna it, like it's such a uh, a different field now. Like people are gonna have to like find a different way to promote it to the members, because the majority of the membership are uh, are uh, the voting members of the Academy are actors, mm-hmm. which is why you never see a documentary nominated for best Picture, mm-hmm. or and it's very rare to see an animated film nominated nominated for best Picture, And why actors who direct tend to win the Oscar quite a bit.
2: Yeah you gotta you gotta pander to that Gary Busey vote. Yeah <laughs>
0: <laughs> the star of Eye of the Tiger Gary Busey.
1: Yeah the best foreign category is quite competitive this year. Like, yeah. I haven't seen shoplifters or that
2: shop
0: is supposed to be amazing.
2: I mean, you imagine that uh, Roma's going to win it since it's also nominated
0: for Best Picture. I mean, it could take Best Picture. There's like a rolling, ball unless Bohemian Rhapsody comes from behind. I can't Brian see that Singer happening in a million the years. I cannot see it happening.
1: Time's up, except for Brian Singer, basically. <laughs> yeah, it's like laughing the key from crying, basically.
0: All right. All right. Anyway, sorry I had to uh, interrupt you. Go uh, ahead. Rev. That's fine. So my uh, my interesting uh, films from the last little while. Um, I'm gonna name three. I watched a lot, uh, but I saw finally watched um, Sadako versus Kyoko, which is uh, better known as The Ring versus The Grudge, which was announced on April Fool's Day, and everyone thought it was an April Fool's joke. But then someone pointed out like uh, they don't have April Fool's Day in Japan, so this is from the original Japanese creators. It, I thought it was just supposed to be like a fun movie. It's legitimately scary. Like I got creeped out watching it. It had a lot of fun moments too. Like just the whole thing of like, the thing about the ring is that it's a haunted VHS tape. Who watches VHS tapes anymore, other than me? Um, so like some girls are trying, like that are in university, are trying to get like their parent, one of their parents' wedding videos, like transferred to DVD or to uh, to to a digital file. So they have to go out and buy an old VCR, and in the VCR is the cursed VHS tape. Smart, and then at the same time, the house where the Grudge took place and is starting to like kill people again. So this uh, one like supernatural detective realizes, hey, what if we get the ghost from the haunted videotape from The Ring to fight the ghost from the Grudge in the Grudge House? It's great. Um, and it's streaming now on Shutter, uh, which I highly recommend watching. Um, I kept the Ed Wood train going by watching his uh, a film he wrote and uh, per- ghost produced, and I think he also worked on the production design called Orgy of the Dead, which also starred Criswell, the amazing Criswell from Plan 9. Uh, there was a character in it called uh, Gulina, who was originally written for Vampira, but she didn't want to do it. Uh, There's not much to the movie. It was really well shot, really well lit, a lot, like good production design, a fun, campy time, um, but not much to it. Was It was a part of the his exploitation era, but it wasn't grimy or dirty. It was just a series of burlesque performances. Although it's funny because one, uh, and they're all kind of based on different sins. Uh, one was a, the bride that killed her husband. So she's dancing and you kind of can tell that she like gets to the end of a routine and she starts to sashay off camera, but then she looks over. And even though you can't hear her say anything, you kind of like just see her eyes go like, Oh, I slept. There's still more time. Okay. And then you just kind of see her like making up dance moves on the spot, like doing like the the swim stroke move and stuff like that it was fun um and then uh i watched the documentary get me roger stone after because roger stone was arrested ah, yes and it's amazing because trump normally tries to always say like oh i didn't really know this person yet there is a whole documentary charting their their relationship it's pretty great what's what's remarkable about roger stone and i didn't realize until recently is
2: he has a freaking pinhead he has a yeah. weird shaped head man it it, it it is like a like a cone head is what he has that's it's, why he covers it with a weird mix you've seen
1: the hair. Nixon back piece right
2: I have seen that it's crazy because like he brings up I always like, see him like face forward though i would never seen him like the side of his face and he's mm-hmm. got like yeah he's got like a little like a pointed head mm-hmm. like a tiny little brain pointed Lots head of kind interesting. of thing with
0: his ugly little fake hair on top it's yeah what a just his exit from the Bob Dole campaign is just something we're like, because I'm watching the documentary, I'm like, oh, he got set up. And then it's like, nope, he actually like advertised in the back of a swinger magazine for him and his wife. Yeah. Weird yeah, guy. Yeah, he likes, he, he likes to be cucked. Weird guy. <laughs> Weird guy. So yeah, so I- Are I, you I,
1: sure you don't want to go back to Tough Guys Don't Dance? No.
0: There is a plot point I know, Tough Guys, don't I dance, know. The- I've seen it. I don't want to go back there. <laughs> I don't want to go back there. Yeah, so I, I highly recommend uh, Sadako versus Kiyako. Uh, Orgy of the Dead not so much. It's more of just a curiosity from that period. Um, yeah, I think that's that's all I should bring up. Um, so without further ado, we're going to watch Clifford. And if we survive, we'll be back. Bye. Goodbye.
2: Clifford is a very special little
1: boy.
0: Would you please stop hitting the back of my chair? I am trying to sleep. I'm sorry, Miss Nice Older Person, but I don't know what you're talking about. Perhaps you were just having a nightmare about your early days in the circus. Hi, what's your name, son? My name is Clifford, and I think you're the bestest captain in the whole wide world. Well, thank you. you. <laughs>
2: And he's bound for Los Angeles to spend a week with his Uncle Martin. Isn't there an incredible family resemblance? Look
0: at this. Well, I I guess, uh... Are we ready to go to Dinosaur World now? I've got some bad news. (coughs) What? What? (coughs) A whole gang of chocolate. (coughs) I need it badly.
2: (coughs) What do you mean you're out of
0: chocolate? I need chocolate! Breaking a little boy's promise would be a terrible, terrible thing. I would imagine that
1: little boy wouldn't be responsible for what he was gonna do next. I believe your drink is right there. Oh, nice. <laughs> yeah. <Martin>. Ooh. Ooh. <coughs> See, when when you are looking
0: at the baseball, look at it! Hit it! Hit it! Keep your eye on it!
1: Martin Short in his smallest role ever. Charles Groden in his most trying performance underestimated the evil one
2: what is it with you and dinosaur world it's a sick thing
1: and Mary Steen virgin. can you just act like a human boy for one minute here
2: look at me like a person you can't do it for more than a few seconds look at me like a human boy
1: hello
0: whose house is this
1: it's the kid who's throwing the party I think his name is Clifford you want me to get him so I'll get him later
0: well, there it is Clifford dinosaur world
2: how many years do you think you'll get for kidnapping me Uncle Ken Most Wanted
1: that is so cute. I really shouldn't put this in hyperdrive, but I just can't seem to help myself.
2: <laughs> Clifford, terror has a new name, and comedy <laughs> has a new face. Oh, honey, be careful while you eat your cereal. Use a napkin. This boy and his cereal.
0: <laughs> That's not cool, Phil.
2: <laughs> <laughs>
0: not cool at all. I hate that movie. <laughs> Hated watching it again.
2: Listeners, the, uh, yeah. Just, just, I mean, the movie is one thing, but just the looks on Graham's face throughout this film.
0: Because it's terrible. It was shouldn't exist. something else. Like, as much as I love the company Orion and the films they released, including RoboCop, I am glad they went out of business because of this movie. Yeah, I hate this movie. Hate it so much. I, I gotta, I gotta be honest. Killed Charles Grodin's career. It did. No, he's before Beethoven. No, the first Beethoven came up before this film. Oh, did it? Yeah. Oh, this is filmed before Beethoven. Filmed before Beethoven. He's dreading it coming. Out. I think even Beethoven's second came up before this. Yes, it did. Yeah. So it killed it killed Groen's career until he showed up in Louis with <laughs> uh, sexual predator Louis C.K. Well,
1: I maybe. Uh, you know. Yeah. Uh, I mean, I don't know. Maybe Charles Groen was just done with movies.
0: I think movies were done with him after this. <laughs>
1: It killed uh, Martin Short's potential as a leading man. Yeah,
0: it did. Just stopped it right dead. He for... didn't have much potential as a leading man. He was, he doing, okay. Not, yeah. he was I mean, doing okay. He was doing okay. I mean, what? He did, uh, was it um, that? that Captain, Ron. Captain Ron. Captain Ron. Captain Ron, who was great in, and then this movie came out and killed his career.
2: But uh, it was a uh, the comedy, the, uh, the, the one with um, Tom Selleck or whoever.
0: Are <laughs> no, so oh, you still thinking of um, Three Fugitives? Yes! <laughs> <laughs> yeah, this movie killed it. Killed it freaking dead.
1: Yeah, well, he was always a supporting actor, like the Father of the Bride movies. Yeah, yeah I feel like that's there. where
0: he belongs anyway.
2: Yeah. He's doing it again. Uh, P.T. Anderson is bringing him back.
0: Yeah, and Heron Vice. He was great in Heron Vice. Yeah. So I'm going to read. Um, a review review this film called Where's My License to Kill? I, I gotta be honest, I do not understand the visceral hate for this film. Because it's bad and awful and terrible, it's and I want it to die a horrible death.
2: It's an odd film. It's certainly, uh... It's not good. I, I chuckled. I don't know what I was chuckling at, whether it was just the reactions I, think it was, I, the, I was, it was getting, the, It or... was the
0: separation of reaction between me and Phil, because Phil was some... laughing heartily, and I was... <laughs> Struggling to maintain my composure Maybe
2: I'm just tired Yeah, basically uh, A listener's g- Graham became mm. a Charles Grodin A classic Charles Grodin character No, no I became harassed, put upon Charles Grodin That Anyone we all love. that
0: stumbled into this film in 1994 Thinking Oh, Martin Short I, He's funny Oh, Charles Grodin He's one of my favorite actors Dabney Coleman, alright Mary, Mary Steenburgen. Steenburgen Awesome And then this happened I saw this movie in the theater I hate wow. you so much right now Did you enjoy it in the theater as a kid? I did. Oh, God. Like, just... What theater played it? It was... I think it was... It was one of the multiplexes. One that closed down? Probably. Yeah, it did, because it played this movie.
2: (laughs) Come on, now. Come on. It had some, like... I don't know, like, weird one-liners. Like, are you out of your tree, sir? Like, I don't know. That made me chuckle me saying it out loud and I'm like that's not even a funny line no so, I, li- I like the line but it's I just the way tree. that Martin Short no no here's the thing I, I agree that,
0: that line is actually funny but I, I think the film killed it I think that's funny are you out of your tree sir that's, that's pretty funny but the movie just does not and yet Martin it, Short the movie does not create it. an environment for comedy to occur
2: he gives it he's he's not he's not holding back Martin Short he's he's given it
0: this movie's dialed to 11 <laughs> there's no
2: reason for
1: this movie to exist Charles,
2: Charles Grodin peak Grodin we're getting peak uh, harassed, put upon Grodin here. We're just—he uh, even goes uh, psych- psychotic, which he which he does at the end of some of his movies. But yeah, he's he's got a break.
0: I was so praying because I couldn't remember anything. I was praying for Clifford to die in that robotic. You knew he wasn't because you saw. But the... I was hoping that it was a twist, and all of a sudden, like, oh, that was his like regret of like, oh no. And Grodin genuinely wants to kill him, which was great. I hope he, yeah, like I seriously. Oh, this movie just took a lot out of me. Uh, Karate Warrior I, Six I was better. I agree
1: and disagree with your stance on Clifford. You're right; this movie does should not exist. But I come from the angle: thank goodness it does exist because it'll never happen again.
2: It's a it's an odd film. I was trying to picture that like if they tried to actually use a kid actor for the Clifford role, it wouldn't work. Would have been problem child. Yeah, it would have been Problem Child. But See, nobody a, likes Problem Child because it's no, too annoying. People,
0: people grew up loving Problem Child and Problem Child too. Yeah, not Those like big those hits. Ones. Neither did I. I don't think kids liked it. I think adults did. And whereas this movie came along it was like, let's just do tr- Problem Child but with Martin Short. And it just played out, plays off the fact that Martin Short is a tiny man.
2: Yeah, that's the, half the gag of the movie. is that, him
0: laying his head against women's breasts.
2: Well, okay, he does that a few times. But it's just the gag of Constantly. Martin Short being a kid. Obviously, he's not a kid. Yeah. It's ba- it's what I said. It's an SCTV skit that's gone on for
0: like... But here's the thing. If it was a kid saying, Are You Out of Your Tree, Sir? I think that would be way funnier than Martin Short saying it. I don't think a kid
2: could have li- delivered it with the gusto. I think Martin Short has... Mm. His delivery was never really off on this film, I don't think. But it
0: was bad by design. All right, I don't know. I'm giving this movie two stars, I'm giving it put, negative five. Put two stars down on this film. Hey, maybe we even don't two do and a half. star ratings on this podcast.
2: <laughs> we do now. We do
0: now, and it's negative five. <laughs> oh God! Um, should we should we go through the plot here?
2: What it starts in 2050.
0: Starts in 2050. Far years. in the future. With a Catholic priest, uh, Clifford, played by Martin Short, as a 70-year-old man. Bad old man makeup. Um, Not good. No. Again, terrible. SCTV quality. Um, and there's a little really kid. bad makeup. Played yep. by Fred Savage, who's also ben like a... Uh, ben Savage. Uh, so who's don't a, get your savages mixed up. Who's a uh, troublemaker at school and trying to leave? And the kid apparently he blew he's up smart. the gymnasium. Is apparently, that but that's right. Yes, I yeah. a stupid I'm line. Sure, in this movie. Very, sure,
1: very nonchalantly too.
2: I, I yeah. do. I, I do love that the uh, the delivery of that line where he's like, "And you thought it was a good idea to blow up the gymnasium?" And he's like, "Yeah, I did. I did think that." Yeah, um, and then <laughs> Graham is, is stoically resisting any efforts. To get any enjoyment out of this film, because it was not
0: enjoyable. Then Martin Short says, "Oh, when I was a kid, I was a shit, too." And he talks about his parents and they get on the plane. <laughs> Graham going is Hawaii. actually swearing now. And um, <laughs> and uh, and Richard Kind is playing his father, and uh, an actress is playing his mother, and he's just being a total horrible person. Yeah, he, he would be from like scene one. He's just, I want to kill this person.
2: Well, and that's the thing. I think it wouldn't have worked as if it was an actual child playing it because it would have been too annoying. Uh, it's somewhat annoying as Martin Short, but
1: because you know
0: it's Morton Martin Short, it somehow just—I really wish it was Morton Short.
1: <laughs> <laughs> Morton Short, it's like the evil Martin Short. Or be Morton Shirt,
0: I think. <laughs> yeah. Um,
1: <laughs> the bootleg Martin Short.
0: <laughs> yeah. So they're on a plane. He's got a dinosaur toy. He wants to go to Dinosaur Land, and his dad's like, "No, we're going to Hawaii." And he's like, "But I want to go Dinosaur Land." So then he goes up to visit the pilot. The pilot's like, "The only way we'd land in LA is if there's an emergency." So Clifford apparently kills the engine. Oh, they don't forget that Clifford has
2: a charming little uh, toy friend, dinosaur S- named Stephen the Dinosaur. Yeah, Stephen the Dinosaur, which I've actually illustrated in my notebook here. That's don't a very care. Nice
1: brontosaurus.
2: Thank you. Thank you.
0: Um, I think he was a brachiosaur. I think they were
2: known as Brontosauruses then. So shut up.
0: Yeah. Um, so they land the plane, and Clippers not allowed back on the plane. Luckily, Charles Grodin, who plays Richard Kine's brother, lives in the city, and Mary Steenburgen is his fiance. Do you guys and, hear about that? Um, um, that that guy who got really drunk on that WestJet flight? Uh, he
2: got so drunk they actually had to reroute the plane and like land it. And he was just causing a ruckus.
0: No. Anyway, they're, they're charging him forty-one thousand dollars for the lost fuel. Good, because yeah, well, like lost fuel, lost time. Yeah, good. Yeah, it's that's a harsh punishment. But you, <laughs> forty-one thousand dollars. How drunk must you have been to cause a plane to Pretty reroute? Pretty drunk, but and also why man. why would you get that drunk on a plane? Because you want to go to sleep. I would I would assume. Or you but. just want to be an asshole like Clifford in this movie. All right. How oh, Clifford got charged for he's very
1: single-minded in his pursuits. That Clifford, yeah, yeah he,
0: he wants want, to go to Dinosaur he Land. He wants to go to Dinosaur Land, and that's all it is. It's only ride one ride really, and Dinosaur Land doesn't look that interesting. I figured it they'd be pretty like,
2: good to me. I
0: they'd be like big dinosaur statues, but it's just like, oh, take a ride through a haunted house with a T-Rex and a skeleton and a pterodactyl. We
2: we don't get to see uh, Dinosaur Land until the very end of the movie. They they hold that yeah. back as, a, yeah. as something to
0: look forward to. So, a tra- ten-year-old's perspective. Yeah, so Charles Grodin is his uncle, Martin, and he's an architect working for the city of Los Angeles, which they point out it was used to be called the city of Los Angeles. Apparently in 2050 it's no longer called that for some reason. Um, a little throwaway jokes like that are... That was a joke? Yeah, I think it was meant to be. Meant to be. Was not in Yeah, operation. and Martin
1: is designing the public transit system for the city of Los Angeles.
0: Yep. And, um... So, anyways, uh, Martin's trying to impress Mary Steenburgen, who plays... uh, What's her name again? Sally Davis?
2: Everyone in this... Sarah Davis. Sarah Davis. Everyone in this movie lusts after Mary Steenburgen.
0: Who wouldn't? Hey, hey. Yeah. Back in her heyday. Um, Hey, she still... She she still got it. Yeah. (laughs) Um, So, anyways, uh, Martin's trying to impress uh, Sarah Davis, uh, because... he bought a house for them and she's like oh it's only one bedroom you don't want kids you bought a bachelor pad and he's like what do you mean a kid could live here there's a pull out couch and she's like ah I don't understand you he's like well, what about my mar- my cousin my nephew <laughs> Graham is just
1: <laughs>
2: what he's just got his head down he's just
1: tunneling through <laughs> yeah there's yeah. m- marble mouthed way so Martin, uh, this like,
2: thing happening why so, don't you take over Phil what, what happened next
1: So it's basically like this bungalow on a cliff. It's got one bedroom, and uh, he tries to surprise Sarah with it. Oh, is this so exciting? And then she's like, "Um, this is very small, and it appears there's only one bedroom, and then she gets confirmation that it is one bedroom, and then she lashes out at Charles Grodin.
2: It's a bachelor pad. It's, It's somewhere where I'd like to live, you know, if I was just living on my own.
1: And the reason she lashes out at him is because she wants children. He knows she wants children. They've been That's
2: together. He That's why she left her last husband.
1: That's right. And clearly, as evidenced by the new home purchase, he does not want children.
2: He denies it. Uh, strongly and then he tries to uh, oh you know I got a nephew he can't even remember the nephew's name he thinks it's
0: Mason but then it turns out to be Martin he's like I saw him at my christening we spent the whole time together Um, (laughs) then um, what else happens oh yeah so then luckily that she storms off and that night uh, his brother who he hasn't talked to in a while played by Richard Kine says hey can you keep Martin for a little bit and he's like ah perfect two birds with one stone (laughs) Graham was having a dry January up until tonight by the way folks and um, <laughs> I had to pour out a little bit of the good stuff. Um, you going to make it there, Kit? I spilled some coffee on my lap. Warms you up on a cold night like this. Cold because of the movie Clifford that we just watched, which is just uh, spot-awful. We're still in the plot, aren't we? Um, uh, by the way, there are no Big Red Dogs in this movie. I no. think we made that clear before. Yeah, it's not Clifford the Big Red Dog. It's Clifford yeah, the Big Waste of Time. kind of that plot point.
2: Remember um, at the the beginning, Clifford steals a bunch of stuff. Like we see, we catch him with, yeah, a, he, with a Walkman. That's
1: right, the dog.
2: And his father, he did you steal that Walkman? And then the no, look of innocence on uh, Clifford's face, and he says, "No, priest gave it to me." It's, it's kind of comical again. Mm-hmm.
0: And so, anyways, I think when he Charles
1: steals a surfboard. He's yeah, a surfboard. when Charles Grodin and, a and then he steals
0: a bunch of stuff and a giant dog. But hey, okay, wait. We should say this. So uh, Martin uh, Charles Groden goes to the airport to pick him up because. Uh, his parents want to leave him there so they can continue on to Hawaii and be free of that horrible demon child, and get out of that movie. <laughs> we never as see quick them again. I know that. they, they, they cool. were happy yeah, well, to be out well, of that Clifford movie. Clifford
1: pitches the idea; it's a convenient plot contrivance because he crashes the plane and lands the plane in Los Angeles deliberately. Yeah. So then Richard Kahn gets the bright idea. It's like, yes, we can foist him onto Uncle Martin. And...
0: Yeah. And so uh, Martin goes there to pick him up, and he's like written out this little sign saying, I love my Uncle Martin. And then and and he's, he's like heard... asleep. He pretends to be asleep and yeah. stuff. Yeah. And then uh, Clifford's like, can we go to Dinosaur Land? And he, Uncle Martin's just like, of course we can, but not tonight because it's late. But I have a lifetime pass because guess what? I actually designed this Larry the Scary T Rex ride and they like bond over the they start singing the Larry Larry the the Scary song the scary song Um, (laughs)
1: Larry the Scary Rex Jingle yeah just
2: just watching Graham grit his teeth and make his way through this podcast is.
0: (laughs) I'm happy um uh, I long for the days of Karate Warrior 6 now um god we're still in the first third of the movie um So Clifford steals a bunch of stuff from the airport. There's a thing where the airport's person is like, oh, are you going to let down any of that stuff? And they're like, what do you mean? We let it down a while ago. Cut to in the car with Clifford and Martin. And Martin's like, oh, you, you, you sure pack a lot of stuff. And he's like, yeah, my dad's afraid of being robbed. So there's a dog named Sneakers, or that Clifford's name, Sneakers in the back seat and a surfboard. So they go to um, Mary Steenbergen's house to meet her, and um, and Clifford sneaks in while Martin tries to deal with the dog, and Clifford like, instantly zeroes in on uh, her, cat. her cat, and then her in the shower getting showered, so like, the little sexual predator he is goes in and like sticks his dinosaur in the shower with her, and she screams, and then Martin comes in after losing the dog, and It's like, oh, it's my nephew Clifford, and blah blah blah. And he... Sh-
1: sarah mistakes the prank for being one of martin's, martin's. Yeah.
2: yeah what 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 is uh um the clifford say about the dinosaur he's like uh, the naughty eyes or something like he's that. got naughty
0: eyes or something stupid yeah damn your eyes something to that <laughs> yeah. effect yeah yeah, yeah. um
1: <laughs> <laughs> it's it's hilarious in context contrary to what Graham would suggest
2: <laughs> i i chuckled um, all right, so let's let's skip ahead. Uh, so, I don't, Mary Steenbergen, she works at a daycare, but she, she also works at the daycare center in the building where. And they have
0: the same boss. The they same have boss, the same boss. Dabney, Dabney Coleman, Coleman wearing a, and a wearing wig for the first time ever. Not that's, a bad wig, no, actually. It's I mean, good.
2: compared to wigs that I see in yeah. real life,
0: look good. Yeah, open. no one in real life looks good with a toupee unless you have, like, a makeup stylist to spend four hours applying it. Yes, that's true. <sighs> There's a dude that used to, like, hang out at the McDonald's at uh, Dufferin and DuPont with a really bad wig. Like, it looked like he had, like, just taken a long wig for, like, a woman and just cut, like, uh, 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 did, like, a bowl cut for it and slapped it on top of his head.
1: Must have been one of those Galleria wigs. Sure. Well, yeah. I, I, yeah. the
2: funny thing is I used to work at a high-end retail show, sh- shop where we sold high-end, really expensive espresso machines to the wealthy. Yeah, and it'd be okay to pronounce it as shoop. Shoop. Um, the, uh, the, and some of these wealthy guys would come in with these... these Terrible wigs? Terrible toupees on their head. And it was like, you would look better as a bald man. Like, why aren't you doing that? You look like a goof.
1: Yeah. Wearing because, what you're wearing. Eh.
2: But not Daphne Coleman in this movie. He looks suave and handsome. Yeah. Although, as we later learn, he's like a... Uh, Jason, Sexual predator. Yeah, Jason Alexander and pretty mm-hmm. woman type uh, creep.
0: Yeah. So anyways... Um, um, uh, Martin Charles Grodin takes uh, Clifford to, all to his All sorts work. of
2: funny little gags along
0: the way Funny little gags <laughs> Torturous little, little moments One liners and stuff This movie was 70 minutes too long Um what So you like next...
1: 20 minutes of it okay
0: <laughs> The parts the, the, the transitional shots in San Francisco Were nice That's about all I got Um the dinosaur land uh, I'm, it's too Simon's bad Lillian's not here for this one I feel like she would have enjoyed this movie too
1: she's seen it she likes it
0: oh
2: there you go no she doesn't anyways yeah
1: so uh, Clifford settles up you see their shots of him playing the recorder <laughs>
2: Phil laughed every time he played this bright red recorder.
1: It's a hilarious gag. <laughs> <laughs> like, it, there's something fundamentally hilarious. Like, they do nothing to camouflage that Martin Short is a rather old-looking forty-year-old,
2: which, which is part of the gag. That's why yeah. it's like an SCTV skin.
1: And he, basically, the only way to convey that he looks like a ten-year-old is that he's wearing short pants and uh, which they uniform. mostly frame
0: out because they shoot him yeah. from the chest up.
1: And he's playing a recorder.
2: And he's got, like, a, the little boy haircut, and he's wearing, like, the school uniform tie and stuff.
0: Uh, so, uh, so, anyways, uh, What's-Her-Face, Mary Steinberg has Sally, Sarah Davis, has to go to San Francisco with Debbie Coleman for some sort of like retreat because something to do with her job as a, as a daycare specialist. Um, Charles Grodin has to redesign the entire L.A. public transit system in two days, which means he can't take uh, little Jimmy or whatever to... Um, Clifford. <laughs> little, little Jimmy. Jimmy with Martin Short. <laughs> yeah. little, little Jimmy to... Um, Dio- dinosaur the dinosaur world. place and that's that's what really and sets off and that sets off, off the, uh... Clifford as like a psychotic little yeah he, he really he uh, he frames
2: Charles Groden my for... one enjoyment
0: out of this movie is when Charles Groden uh, referred like subconsciously referred to Clifford as Hitler and then corrected himself uh, but, well, yeah. So
2: anyway, he he, he frames Charles Grodin for uh, for a bombing the, for, for wanting, wanting to a bomb, bomb plot, which... He like
0: replaces his bloody Caesar with nothing but Tabasco sauce yep. at it... um, at uh, Sarah Davis's parents' thirty fifth wedding anniversary. Ex- exchanges his chapstick for lipstick, for lipstick to embarrass him further, and has him arrested. And then has him. Um, then he decides, he like. Uh, says he's going to, like, you know, sneak off. He leaves a note for uh, for uh, Charles Grodin saying that he's going to sneak on the train to San Francisco. But really, Charles Grodin gets on the train while Clifford just watches him go. So he stays behind. Throws, throws a party. Throws a party, yeah. With a bunch of teenagers who are allegedly going to take him to Dinosaur Place the next day. But they don't. So he ties himself up and fakes it like he's been, like, captured by bikers or some crap. Captured and molested by bikers. Sure. Yeah. Well, like, they wanted to potentially touch his molested. Place.
2: I actually did like that line, too, where he's like, and they told me stories. Some of which were fun. Some of them were scary. <laughs>
0: <laughs> yeah. And so Charles Grodin is in San Francisco where we've got some really nice uh, stock footage of San Francisco in the Late 80s, early 90s. Um, and he sees Dabney Coleman uh, putting a necklace on Sarah, and he gets upset, and then she kind of like breaks up with him, and then he flies back to get revenge on Clifford, and then Dabney Coleman tries to molest yeah, and her. Then, and um, then she
2: gets assaulted by Dabney Coleman. In,
0: uh, in a limousine, uh, which w- was the scene where she rips off his wig and she kind of laughs, and that kind of freaks out Dabney Coleman, and then she like throws it out the window. And the shot of her throwing the wig out the window was totally not filmed in a Los Angeles alleyway and was totally shot on, like, probably the Hate ashbury area or maybe the Castro of San Francisco. Um, and then Charles Grodin finds Clifford and decides to take him to uh, Dinosaur Land for real. He takes him to the scary Larry the Rex ride, sends him through it a bunch of times until it breaks. Yeah, and you're then, really trying to rush through and the and he, area. <laughs> and then he... Um, he uh, the ride does the break. ride does break, and he has a choice. To, like, should he save his nephew or let him drop? And he's
2: not sure. He's, he's like, not I'm sure. About to it. his
0: credit, and then he saves him, and then uh, he walks away. And Clifford, like, we jump back to the present where he's a priest talking to little Ben Savage, and says like, "Oh, like he didn't forgive me. I wrote him two hundred eighty-seven letters asking for forgiveness. They were all returned unopened. And then eventually, Miss Sarah Davis called him out saying, of the blue, of which, the blue, is which, blue is a, which is which a is thing
2: a thing they used to say. Which is,
0: yeah, and um. <laughs> And then, uh, what happens next, guys? Oh, yeah, then it turns out that, uh, Clifford is the ring bearer for those guys, and, uh, Sarah um, Davis kisses him on the cheek, and No, then,
1: Martin kisses him on the cheek. No, but
0: after Sarah, Sarah Davis kisses him first, and then when Martin kisses him on the cheek, he well, this counts is a callback like, to an earlier scene
2: when, uh when they first when he's first yeah and they're Charles trying Gordon's to place. he's
0: trying to like in, instigate and he's like, a kiss. Oh, it's time to
2: go to bed because he's watching a national geographic he's watching program. a
0: video of topless black women it's, it's that's yeah. what kind of movie this is
2: yeah it's this. well it was the early
0: 90s not an excuse guys
2: yeah it's uh, yeah i guess not i don't know
0: anyways um I'm just spreading as much hate for this movie as i can um um but uh everywhere and then you, finally Martin uh, kissed uh, him on yeah, the cheek and the movie's point. over credits. Final thoughts on Clifford. What were you gonna say, Kit?
2: So uh so in the middle of the movie what happens, Phil?
1: In the middle of the movie, well initially Martin promises Clifford that he's gonna take him to Dinosaur World.
2: <laughs> I feel I feel like we gotta slow it down for the <laughs> listeners. They weren't able to keep up with uh Graham's uh whiplash pace. They got all they needed.
1: But because of the work that Martin needs to do, he has to break his promise. And Clifford tries to derail Charles Grodin on the road. And uh, Clifford says, oh, yeah, thing where, a where, fake where he's out like, where he oh, needs Clifford's like, die. Charles Grodin
0: says, We're going to crash and die. And Clifford says, Then so be it. And then they're like, I, I think I heard a chuckle from their... Graham during that scene I don't know that was a painful emission <laughs> of just sorrow on my behalf
2: yeah,
1: just let it just let it go Graham just
2: just, just regretting this whole decision to let
0: us uh, pick, pick movies, movies. Podcasts. Oh never again thought it's gonna Graham be to for the next 15 weeks um <laughs> no I'm just watch, to watch just to
1: wash I'm gonna, I'm and gonna, it I'm gonna watch mind.
0: Schindler's List tonight just to like cheer myself up after this oh, movie oh god <laughs> So, guys, what 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 other plot points do you want to discuss?
1: No, but anyway, at the gas station after he uh, fools Uncle Martin into pulling over to a gas stop... He knows there's a family of uh, kids uh,
0: going to dinosaur, dinosaur land,
1: world, and there's a kid dressed up in a T-Rex costume, so he pays a kid <laughs> to steal his T-Rex costume. So Where could... does he
0: get the money? They never explained it. Did he no, steal it from don't. Charles Grodin? No, of course not, because it's a he dumb it movie. Somehow.
2: I assume he stole it from Charles Grodin. Yeah.
0: But Charles Grodin never mentioned that he stole
2: it. Right. Well, they gloss over some of the plot points. This is not a perfect really, film. Really they gloss over some of the
0: plot points in this unperfect. film. In the interests
2: of keeping the comedy train going, they just kind of uh, let things slide. Like whatever happened to that big dog, sneakers. We don't know. Doesn't matter.
0: Okay. <laughs> Keep going. Keep going. But yeah, so uh,
1: the the mother of the kid that uh, Clifford bribes to steal the cat Halloween costume. He's in the bathroom and the scenes basically point out that, like, Charles Groans a suspected pedophile. Yeah, there's a lot of that kind of humor. that's hilarious,
0: right, guys? There's a lot of that kind of humor. You think that's uh, really funny, right? Well... You guys laughed.
1: Yeah, yeah, Kind of funny in
0: context. In context. Okay. <laughs> What's next, guys? What other, like, sex scrims you want to talk about in this <laughs> film?
1: <laughs> but anyway, with, like, the blonde bomb thread, Because, uh... Martin scolding Clifford for that fiasco and for uh, humiliating him in front of uh, Daphne. His boss, Coleman. Yeah. yeah. Oh yeah. About so we should toupes. point out.
0: Sorry, I did. We didn't point out. We missed it. Um, uh, Charles Grodin and uh, Mary Steenburgen. Am I pronoun- am I saying her last name right? I I'm changing know. it every time. Steenburgen, Steenburgen. I have Steenbur- no idea. Steenburgen. Uh, they joke about their boss having a wig or toupee, and then when. Mar, uh, Martin introduces that's
1: a rumor, but they It's a rumor it's but true. pretty
0: true. And so when they when Clifford finally meets um, Dabney Coleman who's their boss, he says that's the bestest wig in the entire world. And Charles Gordon's like, Wah, "Ha ha ha and then um uh, Dabney little, Coleman insists it's not, a wig. it's not a wig, and then Clifford said, Oh, but Uncle Martin said it was and Martin's like, No, it didn't and blah blah blah. It, it's basically an entire movie of gags like that, to be
2: honest with you.
0: In a way. But yeah, so anyway, when
1: uh, Martin's scolding Clifford, Clifford covertly records the conversation and frames it as a bomb threat, yeah. splicing that conversation with
0: his answering machine. Yeah, hi, I'm Martin, blah, blah, blah. I'm going to morning. bomb City Hall.
2: Yeah, another thing that we didn't get to is that after the the whole uh, party fiasco and blah, 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 and uh, I, I forget I forget where... Um, little Clifford goes. Does he go off with Mary Steenburgen? He st- spends the night at her place, yeah. Yes. While, he, while Martin's in jail. Right. Uh, well, no, because he's uh, he's got to work on his thing, and then he can't find the tape, and then it's...
1: No, he uh, locks... He boards up
2: oh, Clifford's Oh, wait, wait, room. you're talking
0: about when he gets back from San Francisco. Yeah, when he gets back when, from when San Francisco, Francisco he, he,
1: ste-
2: Mary Steenburgen gets he, back.
0: Uh, he hammers the... He boards up the door, like in Night of the Living Dead, uh, uh, windows, locking, yeah. locking Clifford inside the, in that room so he can't get out. But he doesn't disconnect the phone line, which is like an amateur move. Uh, so he has to work. <laughs> he has to work on um, on uh, getting everything done. But he can't find the cassette. So okay, so it's the computer hard drive. The, yeah. yeah, essentially the computer technology of the day uh, is big very, ass computer, big computer, um, and it's like the kind that stored information to cassettes, which was a thing at the time. If you don't remember. Uh, I remember a friend of mine that had like a a computer that ran off cassettes. It was really weird, but they're not like they're not like uh, audio cassettes or VHS tapes. Although some of them stored that had information on VHS tapes, but essentially it was our our version of a thumb drive or it's a like external hard megabytes. drive. Yeah, yeah, something small yeah, like yeah. that. But it had the. Um, the what you call it, the uh, the blueprints or the program for the model city for the model city of LA and somehow during that t- period while well, Charles Groden and Mary Steenburgen and Damage Coleman were in San Francisco little clifford somehow reprogrammed it to explode which is amazing amazing that he did that
1: so it's all clifford's fault this is why Los Angeles's public transit system is suffering
2: still yeah it's still clifford's fault Yeah, cuz he uh, derailed that yeah um, So yeah Then when Charles Grodin unshaven, goes, uh Goes in to give his big presentation And by the way Dabney
0: Coleman's there He's now wearing a ponytail Because this is wig. after Mary Steenburgen threw away his wig So now he's wearing like a ponytail wig Charles Grodin under his breath Marvin remarks like Oh you look like Willie Nelson Which yeah, then pays which is, off later on
2: uh, Yeah it doesn't really pay he doesn't off Because he's like I, also, I, I love Willie Nelson also But he doesn't Nelson. Look look like Willi-
0: no not at all He doesn't look like Willie Nelson Is Willie no. Nelson still alive? Yeah. Yes Okay He's one of those guys where I'm like, did he die a couple years ago? I can't remember. No, it's like every time Kirk Douglas gets wheeled out, you're like, holy crap, you're still alive! Man, they've got to stop. 109 wheeling him years, out. They, years they old.
2: they got to stop wheeling him out for those awards. Here old he animals. comes again. He just leers at uh, the the poor young female uh, uh, presenter that's with him, and uh, yeah, it's, it's frightening poor kirk douglas there's a, a lot of pressure on a lot of that.
0: pressure on uh, michael douglas to survive longer cuz like if he only makes it to like 70 and his dad's like still ticking at like 125 or something it's going to be rough on mike what about uh, the the younger douglas
1: the the convicted uh, drug addict
0: uh... oh michael douglas's son from his first marriage or something
2: yeah well they yeah. they were they were in a generational film together remember that all three douglases in one film oh No, you don't remember that it happened I'll
0: look it up I'll I'll get you the title back to Clifford (laughs) let's end this thing forever Uh,
2: so yeah so when he puts in the uh, haggard uh, Charles Grodin with his uh, his, his five o'clock shadow um, comes out he puts in the tape uh, and uh, it explodes the model city it blows it up
0: yeah, and then Charles Groden goes to... Uh, and he's fired. He's fired, he's fired right. but he says good. By that point, he's so... He's, he's just ready to murder Clifford like yeah, I he's, am.
2: He's gone to psychotic break, Charles Groden, which is some of the best Charles Groden oh, I
0: think yes, you can get. Absolutely. Yeah. So he goes, gets Clifford, puts him in a straitjacket, takes him to the dinosaur world, and then uh, sends him through the uh, the rusty the T-Rex ride or scary Larry the Barry scary ride. Scary Larry, yeah um and uh that's where the send
1: hyperdrive the machine the ride breaks apart
0: Charles Groden saves him unfortunately and then uh somehow Clifford survives to become a priest and uh that's where we are and And then
1: Savage learns his lesson
0: yeah and credits and the movie's over and yay so Andy next week He still has Stefan uh, Stefan the little that's, dinosaur that's a little surprise it's, it's, it's really funny because Okay so that's something Because we have a mutual friend named Stefan And it's not Stefan It's Stefan And like as soon as I heard that I'm like oh That's unusual You don't really hear the name Stefan Thrown around that much Guys Final thoughts on Clifford It runs in the family Is the name of the three Douglases movie Yeah
2: there they all are
0: What's the third one? I
2: don't know, his, his name doesn't even get on, on the movie poster. They're like, You're not good enough, son. Your time will come and it won't. Like, what a shitty little
1: uh, oh yeah, twerp that he looks like. Oh my I'm god. I'm going
0: to uh I'm going to name, Okay, so so here's some of the the title just the titles of the reviews. Oh wait, reviews. we didn't get to your IMDB reviews. That's what I'm doing right now. The titles of like the re- I'm just doing the titles, not the actual reviews. Oh, I want to re- I want to hear some. Of these here's reviews. the first one. Oh my god, this is one of the most disturbing movies I've ever seen. Disturbing seems wrong. Uh, here's another one. Very annoying. Yeah, that's about right. Generally despised. Worst thing ever.
2: Worst thing ever is not again, much too to strong. recommend
0: here. Um, debatable. He's not big. He's not red. But it's a terrible movie where's my license to kill that's my favorite one because they want to like they actually like th- threaten they want to murder it, it, people it ends with I hate this flick uh horrible movie springs to mind quickly when someone asks what's the worst film you've ever seen this the,
2: would not be the first film that.
0: here I we go of. again without a doubt the worst film I've ever seen uh wretched rubbish uh as hateable as it gets Hateable as it gets. I mean, it's like okay, so
2: like I guess. Oh well, I don't know. It's uh, I'm thinking of any number of SNL movies where they just. Oh yeah. <laughs> like night, night of the Roxbury or the It's Pat movie. Remember that one? No.
1: Mm-hmm. Um, With special um,
0: appearance by Ween. This movie sucked. Um, what else is there for bad things? Um, the sort of rubbish which would ruin cinema. Uh, here's one. Not the worst movie ever hey so there you that's, go that's a positive thing that by, by Phil B <laughs> uh, first instincts are usually correct this movie is the worst thing ever uh, one of the most disturbingly bad movies of all time what a sad Disturbing. state of, what a sad state of cinema um, uh, about uh, as much fun as a case of Ebola They <laughs> not see like 88 minutes with Al
2: Pacino like come on there are worse films
0: no 88 minutes is fine don't fall for this it's shit it's fine wow. <laughs> compared to this
2: what was that um, one with Robert De Niro and Al Pacino and 50 Cent? God, that was awful. just Kill. Oh, that was
0: bad. Uh, this, the other one is called Short of Everything. The Love Guru is a detestable, yeah. terrible movie. Yeah, exactly. I put it right up here with with this one. That, that
2: movie actually made me angry. If we were wa- sitting here watching The Love Guru, I think I would have had the same pained expression.
0: <sighs> um... I don't want to read any more reviews. So, guys, final thoughts on Clifford, the movie that we will never watch ever again or talk about ever again ever in history. <laughs> Graham is right about Phil. To, to chuck the whiskey <laughs> bottle at the uh, the wall here. Phil, what are your final thoughts on Clifford?
1: Yeah, this this movie shouldn't have been made, but I'm so glad it was made. Okay. It is, it is fundamentally absurd, okay. but... Uh, That is part of its charm. You're either on its wavelength
0: or you're not. I think uh, history has proven that we're not.
1: It has a cult following, though. Nicolas Cage is among the cults. I'm going to choose to ignore that. As is Tom Sharpling, co-host of the best show of WFMU radio. Really?
0: Yep. Oh, man. I just lost a lot of respect for WFMU. This is the one movie I would like to hear on how did this get made. Oh, have they have they not
1: done it yet? No they haven't. It has been recommended though. Get on it, Paul shear.
2: Uh Kit, what are your final thoughts on Clifford? Um I don't as I said, uh, I'm a combination a little bit tired and now over caffeinated because I've been drinking uh Irish coffee all night. Um and I guess the uh the uh disparity between grams. Reaction to this movie and Phil's reaction to this movie was genuinely amusing in and of itself. <laughs> um, but beyond that, as as Phil said, there is like a just a complete absurdity to this film, which was sometimes endearing. Is what I'll say. I'm I'm sticking by my two to two and a half star rating depending on the day. Okay. Um. Not not a recommend, but um, thank God. <laughs> <laughs> um i can i can understand why some people enjoy it i can also
0: understand why some people hate it but i don't see that it destroyed charles groden's career i mean i think it did because after like he did uh beethoven beethoven second then this movie came out and then like do we remember anything post beethoven second
1: he went to tv he was a fixture he had his own show it was political commentary uh he oh, was a fixture no. on late night tv and then he returned to acting intermittently in the last five years. He I really think this movie broke Louis. his soul. And uh, he had a bit part in While we We're Young. I don't remember
0: him in that. I, I saw that film.
1: Yeah. Who did he, he play? I'm totally blanking on the character he plays. Are you
0: sure you just didn't watch Clifford the same day that you saw While we We're Young? Because <laughs> you have it on a loop in your apartment. <laughs> yes. <laughs> <laughs> No, Charles Grodin is definitely in While We're Young. Okay. So my final thoughts. Oh, um, oh here we go. I feel you know, like you've shared them. No. No, no, no. So I want to go all the way back to The Battleship Potomkin in 1917. Oh, wow. Well, When did you first see this film, Graham? I first saw The Battleship Potomkin in about <laughs> 2003, I believe. Nah. Uh, I saw it in film. film it was two thousand two, the summer two thousand two. Um, it was I. I. I feel that that film, which a lot of people don't watch anymore, is an important point of cinematic history because it introduced a lot of the concepts that we're familiar with nowadays, like parallel editing, rising action. Uh, juxtaposition of images because it was the first real film out of the Soviet film school. Yeah, whole um,
2: staircase. Scene? Exactly, the staircase yeah, yeah. was
0: great, which was referenced in Brian De Palma's The, the Untouchables uh, yeah. and also in Naked Gun thirty three and a third, uh,
2: which was just um, referencing
0: Untouchables. But yeah, exactly, yeah. yeah, yeah. And I feel that that film like launched a lot of cinematic tropes that uh, we don't really give enough credit to. Um, uh, and so I think a lot of young people should watch The Battleship of Tompkin. they should also watch A Day in the Life of the American Firefighter which was the first film to introduce parallel editing um, and I also believe they should watch probably The Great Train Robbery which influenced uh, Martin Scorsese's Goodfellas yeah well the the shot at the, a end, shot at the yeah. end and also that was the first uh, true uh, feature film of cinema um well, it was only, like, it was, like, less than an hour. Exactly, but it was still, like, compared to most films, which are at that point, like, First under a minute.
2: colorization, exactly. which they botched, but, I mean...
0: But, you know, it was an attempt. It was at that point yep. they were, like, directly dying the screen. So, with that being said, I feel that those films should be focused on and this film should not be focused well, on. Well, I mean, nobody's nobody's pushing those films aside for Clifford, I don't think. I feel that in our current society... <laughs> More people will go out to see a bad movie Night of Clifford than would go out to see a screening of The Battleship Potomkin. Because there's nothing to poke fun at. But why would you want to poke fun at something like The Battleship Potomkin? It's a great epic cinema. You
2: wouldn't want to, but sometimes you just want,
0: like, a goofy belly laugh kind of thing. Like, I I had fun just sitting here watching it. No, you had fun watching me and Phil. You didn't have have fun. If you watched this movie without me and Phil here having contrasting opinions, you would not enjoy (laughs) this film.
2: I think I would have laughed at some of the jokes still. I don't believe you would.
0: I mean, as I said, Martin Short does not um, let up in the So that being said, if you want a more enjoyable night at the cinema, go watch Schindler's List because it'll it'll like compared yeah. like if you want a comedy though, no, no and you're go, and you're chuckling away
2: at Schindler's List. I think there's problems with you anyhow.
0: No, 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 I, I agree. Like you will not chuckle at this movie or Schindler's List, <laughs> but Schindler's List is definitely a much better time than than Clifford. So that being said, my final my final thoughts are that I. I do not like this film in the least. I, I, but here's the thing. I when Phil initially re, re, uh, said this is the film he wants to recommend, he gave you an out. He gave me an out, but I didn't take it because I believe I'm a man of my word, and I also believe that we need to embrace. We we can't just shut off films. Like when I, the worst thing to me is when someone goes, "Oh, like that film's terrible." Oh, when did you see it? Oh, I never saw it, but I'm never gonna watch it. And I hate that. So, like, I gave this film another chance because Phil, was, Phil did suggested you, it. Did you, I did. I tried hard. It, it might not have seemed it, but on the inside... I, it was I feel c- like the first few minutes you were like, all right, I'm going to give this a chance, and then that went right out the window. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> but that's, that's what I'm saying is that, like, even if, like, you're unsure of a film, you should give it a chance, and that's what I did with this. Even though I've seen this film before, did not like it and have actively in the past been like, oh, Clifford's coming on, change the channel. Um... I I believe in giving films a second chance. This one didn't work out for me, but I, I it, you know it worked out for Kit. Certainly, you, you'd you'd watch it over like the Human Centipede two or whatever. Oh, no, I would not. <laughs> <laughs> wow. I would, oh wow. I this a, would, a Serbian would, film. No. A Serbian film. Yeah, I would watch okay, it over okay. that because I, I have limits. <laughs> I have limits. But yeah, I I think that at the end of the day, like you have to keep an open mind when it comes to cinema. This one didn't work out for me, um, but it might work for some hey there you go again this is a, i'm struggling hard to make this a positive podcast i kind of want to now like go back and apologize for our artists just dogging karate warrior six <laughs> and jason goes
2: to hell because i feel like this is a better movie than jason goes to hell <sighs> that's tough that's and really tough perhaps all jason goes to hell needed was martin short playing no. a 10 year old boy yeah no <laughs>
0: Or Martin Short as
2: Jason. Imagine that. Imagine that. That'd be terrible. Comedy hijinks. It would just be him being like, "I'm gonna, I'm gonna, I'm gonna slash you." (laughs) (laughs) I'm laughing already. No, no, it's not good. Short pants. Martin Short, if you're listening, and you want to resurrect the Friday the Thirteenth franchise for our friend Graham, uh, I think you should do it. I'm about to commit Harakiri here
0: because of this film
2: he like raises the hockey mask and like winks at the camera so that being said uh, next week plays one of his old like Hollywood characters that he loves to play he even got to throw some show tunes into this one, which, you know, Martin Troy. did, loves. which was no
0: 10-year-old would know. <laughs>
1: but that's part of the humor. Well, some of the vocabulary as well that he uses no 10-year-old would use. Maybe a very anachronistic 10-year-old, but it's definitely played up. Uh,
0: the night I spent in uh, bondage, whatever he said, or something.
1: Yeah. Yeah. Well, I even mean, his outfit is very anachronistic as well. Again, it should have been like a recurring
2: SNL character. But it wasn't. This is basically Stuart. This is... Mad TV owes Clifford a debt because this is essentially where Stewart. But Stuart only lasted like 60
0: seconds. And they never tried to make a movie of Of those. course, because my God. <laughs> they knew the power of what they had created. But that's basically, yeah. Stewart, Stewart is... Stuart made me laugh because it I was n- 60 found seconds. I never Stuart funny.
2: A lot of people have fond memories of Mad TV. I
0: do not. That's where Key and Peel came from. I know. I know it is. Anyway, so that was Clifford. Um... Hey, hey, alright, we made it through. We, we survived. Um, so next week we are gonna be watching, since Lillian's not here, Akira. Hey, alright. So I you f- think you'll enjoy that more. I I believe I will. <laughs> <laughs> This'll be my first time watching
1: Akira.
2: Oh, I'm so excited. Lillian's
0: yeah. not gonna be here for it though. Uh maybe. We'll oh, okay. see. If we can we can
2: get her here or not. Um so be well, th- or there's a there's a thing with it because I the old version I watched has um sort of charming dubbing, like that early nineties dubbing where they just hire some actors that are in a lot of cartoons at the time. So everybody sounds like a friggin' surfer. <laughs> like, oh, come on, dude! But, um, they yeah, actually... no, the
0: city's exploding.
2: <laughs> <laughs> they actually redubbed it well um, on the on the newer Blu-ray versions. Um, and that sounds great. Uh, if I can get a copy of that, that's what we'll try to watch. But cool. if we end up watching the old dubbing... That'll even me better.
0: <laughs> <laughs> That'll be interesting in and of itself. Alright, so guys... For death by video, I've been Phil. I've been Kit. And I'm still Graham saying, "Be sure to rewind. We'll see you next time. Keep watching awesome movies, not Clifford. Good night. <laughs> Bye." <laughs> and I-
1: i ah.